It's been really interesting to hear the sheer amount of support that you can get from joining SPIVs. Like so many people, I sort of had that stigma in my head that practice ownership is a bit of an old lads club and SPIVs is sort of part of that. But hearing all this, it just makes me think, actually, it's completely the opposite. Welcome to the second part of Bridging the Gap, a special two-part VBJ First Opinions podcast in association with SPIBS, the Society of Practicing Veterinary Surgeons. Recorded as part of an ongoing initiative to highlight the benefits of SPIBS membership for those just starting out in their careers, the first episode focused on some of the barriers to career progression and diversification that face young vets. This second instalment takes a look at some of the solutions and how SPIBS can help vets at all stages in their careers across a range of issues, from EMS and emerging technologies to leadership and legals. Hi everyone and welcome to the second part of Bridging the Gap. In our first instalment, we discuss some of the problems facing some of the younger guys on our panel. This one is all about solving some of those problems. We're going to hear from some of our more experienced vets. I'm going to start with Mr. Ben Sweeney. How's it going, Ben? Good, mate. Good. Not bad, you? Not too bad. Not too bad. The question I'd like to ask is, what piece of information do you have now that you'd like to have known when you first started out? And also in answering this question, I'd like you to kind of address it to Holly because she's a real diversifier. So are you. And I think there's probably going to be some salient advice there for her. Okay, Holly, just me and you, mate. There's nobody listening. Um, I, it, do you know what? It sounds a bit of a cop-out, but I kind of look at it and go, I don't think there's anything that you you can shine back because my experiences are different to what your experiences would be. I think the big the big thing for me is that you learn from those experiences, good and bad. Like, you know, I mean, the, the one huge error I made was that when I first left equine practice, so I'd been a vet five years um, just passed my equine certificate, thought, right, okay, that's fine. I woke up the day after, I was like, right, I'm, I, this isn't for me. I'm going to go and do smallies. And the job that I took, I was offered two jobs. One would have meant relocating. Another meant I could stay where I was, and it was better money. It was no on-call. It was a three-and-a-half-day week, like, you know, sort of almost the holy grail when you think about these things as you get a little bit older. And I lasted three weeks and a day in the job. Um, and the reality was I wasn't equipped for it. Um, you know, I wasn't experienced enough. There wasn't the support there that I want. Yeah, the money was better, but actually it wouldn't have been much use to me when I was going about to be struck off in the next six months for not having a clue what I was doing. Um, and I think it's it's one of them where you look at it and go, do you know what? Like good experiences and bad experiences serve you equally. Um, and I think, you know, we, we don't learn by just getting everything right all of the time because, you know, you, you become apathetic because you're like, oh, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. You know, many of us will have had that bitch spay that bleeds and you kind of go, uh-oh. Um, and, you know, it's like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and hold this for a while while I recompose myself and stop panicking. And, you know, in, in anyone's career, it's looking back and saying, okay, well, what, am I, what do I need to learn from that? Whether it's gone good, whether it's gone bad, what do I need to learn and how can I use it to help me in the next stage? That's a really interesting answer. And I'm going to kind of segue, not to Alice, but to maybe address some of the points she made. I mean, who knows what she may end up wanting to do. There's a lot of diversification going on. Holly is a massive diversifier. Ben is also the same. Is, and I'll put this to you, Leanne, 
is Spivs capable of supporting that kind of diversified, maybe portfolio type career? Is there support available for people looking to have a slightly less than conventional straight into practice ownership? Um, definitely now, and I think only more so in the future because the profession's changing all the time. Um, Spivs started, it did start as a bit of a boss's club and owner's club. There's fewer and fewer um, clinicians that own practices now. Um, so we're evolving with the profession. Um, things, lots of the CPD we offer is completely transferable. doesn't matter what you end up doing. So if you do something like the ILM leadership programme, it is accredited by ILM. It's bespoke to the veterinary profession, but it is accredited um, by this really highly respected organisation. So if you, if you do the ILM course with a, from a veterinary perspective, it's going to be good for your job now, but it will stand you in good stead if you change to do something else in the future whether you go into business management side of the profession, whether you start a, a startup, whether you, you know, whatever you do, it's, it's worth doing. Um, and, and SPIVS has always been so, so strong on leadership CPD. Um, and leadership's not just for owners. Leadership is for every single person in the practice. Everyone in the practice is a leader at some point, whether it's a receptionist telling the, the as they've, they've had to turn into bouncers this year, haven't they? They've had to tell people to sit down or back off or stay two metres away or, um, sanitize their hands. I mean, that's that's a leadership skill. Uh, I'm so proud of the way my team managed to handle that. But that can, that can be taught. So yes, Spivs is definitely um, a good place to to be, regardless of what you're going to do with your qualification. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the the ILM qualifications, putting a framework around it, and offering a structure, and that does a number of things. But it also gives people confidence and the feeling of they've got some support around them. Let's go back to some of our younger vets on the panel. Natalie, can you give me an example of a problem that you have had in your practice, be it buying it, setting it up, staffing issues, some significant issue that you probably couldn't have resolved without the input from SPIVs? I think the one that really comes to mind is letting our out-of-hours go. So we're a small practice. We're kind of a 1 to 1.5 vet practice. And I agonised over this decision. I was doing one in two, one in one on call, and I did it for about three or four years and not really seeing a way out of that. And then I basically put it on the forum, like what are other people's experiences of letting the out of hours go? I was terrified about it and just had, well, probably up best part of 100 emails come back to me of their experiences. And yeah, not all of them you want to hear. Some of them talked about how it was difficult Um but it's what gave me the confidence to do it. And it's that just, it's improved my enjoyment of the practice. I can't even tell you how much because I just, yeah, doing the on-call as well and having all of my weekends tied up and all of my evenings. So just like, what what am I doing this for? I'm not enjoying this at all. Um, You know, I was in my late twenties at that point. I couldn't have any sort of life. And I know some people will say, well, that's what being a vet's about. You shouldn't have a life. You should be on call all the time. But I disagree, personally. I don't think we have to put up with that anymore. And I wouldn't have let it go without SPIBS. So that, for me, was a yeah, massive thing that just greatly improved my own quality of life, really. You touched on it there, but it's not just the business support. It's not just the networking opportunities. There's a lot being done to underscore and to help and promote well-being by SPIBS now. Yeah, um, Liz Barton's our leader on well-being, and she has done some fantastic things. The Practice Wellbeing Awards have been paused during COVID, but that was a way for practices to really put a framework in place to apply for an award based on how well they're looking after the team and really be recognised for that. 
During COVID, we've made Wellbeing Star Awards. So someone that's really gone above and beyond can be recognised. They get a certificate. They get um, publicised across all the media channels. One member of my team in particular was just, I don't know if I would have got through that initial first lockdown, terribly scary phase without her. And just to have something concrete to give her to say, you are really appreciated. It meant such a lot to me to be able to do that and Spiv's facilitating that. Um, and, uh, you know, I know Victoria was thrilled to bits to get her, to get her certificate and to get recognised. Um, and it was such a, in a way, such a simple thing, but it took someone like Liz to see that we could do it. So that's just been great. She's also done a major survey on the impact of menopause for people in the profession. It's something that's not talked about, but 51% of the population are women. They don't all retire at 50. The population is predominantly female. Every woman is going to go through menopause. It fundamentally changes um, your physiology. It brings challenges. We should be very aware of it. We are either are women or we work with women. So um, really someone driving awareness of that is going to have a really big impact on, on well-being. So I'm really pleased to be part of an organisation that's so forward thinking about menopause and other issues. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I mean, in the past, maybe Spivs was seen as a bit of an old boys club. It's certainly not that now. We've got a panel of six and, and five of them are women. And it's more and more being structured around the needs of those women going forward. Well, it's just recognising women as people because yeah. that's what we are. What I was alluding to there, I guess, is there has to be a restructuring process happening. Practices need to become more flexible. There need to be all sorts of different ways of working looked at now and in the future. And I guess Spivs is going to have to adapt and evolve to reflect that. I think when you look at how Spivs is adapted, like you say, you know, it was very much, you know, when I was my final year Lancaster weekend, it was basically a load of older generation blokes and a load of students got together. Now you look at the Spivs board and actually it's it's representative of the profession. You know, there's like probably 70, 80 percent of our board is female. And, you know, our last two presidents have been female and they've really spearheaded the organisation moving forward. And I think to some extent, you you have to rely on that representative experience. You know, there's no point me spearheading a project on menopause for obvious reasons. And I think, you know, when people have topical insights and that topical insight is relevant to the vast majority of our profession, that's what brings a huge value um, to, to the organisation. And I think we've now got younger people on the board and advising us and working with younger organisations because, look, all of these guys coming into the profession now, you're the future of the profession. You know, it's, it's a fantastic future in your hands, but rightly so, you do need some support and some guidance to equip yourselves for that. And, and that's where, you know, as I, say, as I said earlier in, in the last episode, it's a great privilege to be involved with SPIBS because, there's this vast network of incredibly wise people who can impart wisdom. And, you know, like, as you pointed out, James, some of that is valuable and some of it you kind of look at it and go, well, yeah, I'll take that on board, but actually I'm going to go my own way on this. But I think having that sort of perspective is, is invaluable. Good answer. The other thing we haven't mentioned yet is the, is the EMS working party that we have. EMS is tremendously challenging at the moment for the profession because of lockdown, because of social distancing. And SPIVs are working really hard to try and get a liaison between the universities and the RCVS so that a framework can be built to make EMS happen and be practical. And also to, to sort of future proof it as well, because it is pretty disjointed in some ways. I'm very lucky. I've got some excellent EMS students and I've got a team that have been very supportive of keeping students coming through. 
Alice on this podcast has been with me this week. She's been doing some excellent surgery and helping me out with my aging brain. But EMS is the future of the profession and SPIVS is working really, really hard to make sure that that is robust and that there's a framework where it can continue and develop. Yeah, we're speaking with the um, EMS coordinators from all the universities at the moment to try and piece together um, information just to give practitioners the confidence that the students are fully aware of all COVID regulations and are being as safe as we can in order to hopefully improve things for them and produce some guidelines for practitioners as well, which should hopefully be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully that will improve things for all of the students. Fantastic. We'll look forward to seeing those. Obviously, a lot of effort's been put in by SPIVs to bridge that gap and to reach out to the next generation and to help the students. So, Alice and Holly, what do you think? Will you be joining and why? Um, I think, yes, I've been pretty sold by all of this. It's been really interesting to hear just the sheer amount of support that you can get from joining SPIVs. And like so many people, I sort of had that stigma in my head that, you know, practice ownership, it is a bit of a old lads club and spivs is sort of part of that but hearing all this it just makes me think actually it's completely the opposite and even if I didn't own a practice or didn't intend to own a practice for a good while just that level of support would be amazing especially because of COVID and everything EMS has been limited and I've been really lucky because Leanne's taken me on but um a lot of my course mates are not the same and they're really struggling so just having somewhere where we can ask for advice when we graduate and we have that extra network would be amazing so yes I'm convinced and Holly I would agree yes as well listening to what we've all been chatting about I wish I'd have known about everything that was available before this because thinking about the position I'm in now the help that I need is in development of clinical skills and non-clinical skills and one of the things that I found the hardest which was one of the reasons why I left my first job was that I didn't feel like I was in a position with the support and the guidance that was right for me and I felt like one of those challenges was being a new graduate in an independent practice where I've had colleagues of mine that have gone on to new graduate programs where they've got structured CPD they've got assigned mentors there's a lot more support there um, and obviously every practice is different and everyone's situation is different. But I could see friends on the other side of the pasture who were on new graduate programs and were having structured support that I wasn't receiving. And I was trying to seek that out myself. I wish I'd have known that SPIVS was there to join that support space and potentially get that for me and for my employers, too, because that was a challenge being in an independent practice. So I wish I'd have known that before. <laughs> I'm glad I know it now. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, the message is that there's plenty of support out there from SPIVs for young vets and young soon-to-be vets aspiring on a variety of different career paths. It's come through loud and clear. There's a community, there's a network, there's tons of resources across the board for you guys. And I think that's a nice place for us to leave it. So Alice, Holly, Leanne, Vicky, Ben and Natalie, thank you very much for joining. Mm-hmm.